Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Tim, I got I to start this. I want to start something for you. I brought something. You're always telling me that I don't have a loud enough voice for the mic, correct? Yes. Did I stump you there? No. Okay, so what I'm going to do is okay. help, help my situation out. <laughs> correct. So uh, you think this will help my, my voice control? Mr. Megaphone? It might. It might. Yeah. You're, you're ready to go today, aren't you? I could wait. For, I, I could wait for this day, man. I mean, especially since we got this awesome guy. Because I was going to open up with "Good morning, Vietnam," but I'm I'm not going to do that. No, no. no the guest that we have here, he's been there way more than we have. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, we have another Air Force gentleman here in the studio, which we're glad to have. So it's like three Stooges, three Amigos, three Musketeers, whatever it is. There's three Talking Air Force about guys. Bars, I'm in. Yeah, three three Air Force guys in here. So how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic now, man. I just wanted to get that punch over. And since you're now allow, allowing me to lead this podcast, this, we're probably cracked somewhere. Nah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. You got extinguishers here? I mean, in case we crash Oh, we and do. Burn. Actually, I've got extinguishers right out the door. I mean, I don't want to do a crash and burn yet. No. We'll just turn the air on more. Okay. Yeah, it's happening. What it's, happened to the air? It's comfortable today. Well, I figured I'd make it as comfortable as possible for you. He's always complaining about the AC and how cold it is in here. So. It's called age. Age pushes up. You know? I've got it set at a temperate 75. Are you okay with that today? Yeah, man, I feel like I'm right. Saudi again. Thanks. Yeah. So, anyways, you are Craig Lyson over there, and you're Tim Proctor over here. I'm over there. <laughs> Where are you? What are you doing, Craig? What are you with? Whatever. Whatever. Go. So we're doing really well. So I'm with uh, Vets Growth at four zero seven seven five four five seven seven nine, and you can reach me at the infovets dot com. Info. I did that, man. I did that. Vets right. Growth. Yeah, it's Vets Growth. Okay. And yeah, Tim Proctor with GRP Studios. We are in the GRP Studios luxurious suites. I tell you, man. A podcast studio. This is a five diamond place. Yeah, it is. You can get a hold of me at Tim at GRPstudios.com. And today we have Jared Council in the house. I would have loved that last name in my my security police days. That would have been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we were both cops and and he was not. He's gonna explain what he has done and what he's now currently doing. But Jared Council with first command you are in the house today so yeah we're gonna bring back some history bring back some memories you ready let's run let's get a run this this one runs twice so just to make sure you're up who's putting up the flag are you and i putting up the flag do you you remember them wake up music oh yeah you run it twice for those of us who are actually able to sleep (laughs) you remember I don't know. Again, we're going to talk a little bit about some some Air Force days. So if you're not, if you haven't been in the service, I'm sorry. This one might not be as fun for you. But did you have the the TIs coming in with the garbage cans, lids, and cans waking you up? We didn't do a lot of garbage cans. They slammed the door. I had a TI pick up my bed and drop it with me in it. Wow! Uh, one time, just the end of it. He didn't pick up the whole bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was the rudest wake up call I got. So that was there's my there's my TI story. They're right. allowed to hit us and punch us. It wasn't full metal jacket because I'm <laughs> substantially younger than you guys. Yeah, that he is. is. That, that he is. That's that's yeah. true. That's true. So Craig, I'm gonna let you run with this today. So you get to do the whole thing. I'm gonna sit back here and play. Well, this is this is gonna be my forte. Jared and I we, we met about a year ago uh, when I was working in hotels, 
and uh, he came right at me, and he told me who he was. I was so stoked about having another Air Force there versus all these other military people. But, Jared, what I'd like for you to do now is just tell us a little bit about your background, what you do to the military since uh, you weren't uh, one of us. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great to be here. We are appropriately social distanced here in the uh, here in the studio. I'm making sure everybody knows that. I'm not wearing a mask, though, so you can mask shame me later. I did uh, 21 years and change in the United States Air Force, was an air traffic controller for most of that, which you'll learn has pretty much nothing to do with what I do now, except for leading and managing people. I spent the last probably two to four years of my career working different office functions, headquarters Air Force for a little while, um, and then was a squadron superintendent. For those of you that might be in the Air Force, you know what that is. I'm usually the highest ranking enlisted person in the squadron that just kind of gets tagged with doing all the stuff that nobody else really wants to do at the high rank level as opposed to the low rank level. Um, I retired uh, officially about a year and a half ago, beginning of 2019, kind of made the decision to retire a little more than two years ago now. So probably about uh, six or eight months prior to actually retiring. But like most people who were coming up on the end of my career, I'd been thinking about it for a while. So tell me, since now now you're getting to this retirement age, uh, your 21 years that you honorably serve with a lot of pride, I know, tell me the transition that you had to prepare yourself. Because I retired in 95, Tim retired in 2000. Uh, what? what? I didn't retire. Okay, Dude, I so spent four years in the Back in BC days, sk- back yeah, in BC days he The came last out. century... I served, yes. He did did some time in the United States so, Air Force. Yeah. Did the Air Force properly prepare you for exiting retirement? That's a loaded question. And so so as to not irritate the Department of Defense or our Congress, the, the short answer oh, is yes. Oh, or please. Please irritate, irritate Congress. <laughs> what the Air Force and the other services do is meet the requirement of transition. Congress and the Department of Defense mandate the services to prepare members for transition regardless of how long that they've been in the service. And the Air Force, I believe, does an adequate job, and adequate would be about the strongest word that I would give them. They give the information that they should give to a transitioning member. The member has to take initiative on his or her own. And, and the main thing is about when you make that decision that you're actually going to retire. When we talk about retiring, some people, 20 years, zero days. And this is more going to focus on retirement than separation, but separation is the same, particularly if someone has been in for 8, 10, 12 years based on age. If you do four and out, that conversation is completely different. And I'm, I'm not an expert on that because I'm substantially older, although not as old as either one of you. So oh man, what's that? He's, he's that's rocking us twice. Yep, <laughs> so, that's good. That's good. So, so anyway, the, the short answer is yes. They do it. They do an adequate job. Could they do better? Yes, but the member has to have a lot of responsibility for that. How many people that when you supervise? How many people did you supervise at once? Directly supervise was probably about twelve to fifteen. Um, when I was a squadron super squadron superintendent, my organization had about one hundred and twenty five. Okay, so, so out of those people, did you sit down with them and say, listen, I know you plan to get out and pursue maybe uh, traffic control or whatever. Do you have money in the bank because, you know, the health insurance is a lot higher. You don't have the free rations. And there's a lot of other expenses that we really don't think about until we exit out. And we're like, oh, I'm SOL. My first question that I talked to anyone who was separating or planning to separate or retire 
was I sat across from a desk and I said, tell me your plan. And that's how I started the conversation. Not, do you have a plan? I said, tell me your plan. And then would play devil's advocate with their plan. I had maybe one or two people in my whole career sit across from me that had a perfect plan. I didn't have a perfect plan by any means, so I'm not tooting my own horn. I didn't have a perfect plan. But the idea behind transition is have a plan and have a plan for everything. The first consideration that most people have is money. Okay, what am I going to make? How am I going to make it? What's the delay? That's actually one of the easiest ones to solve because you kind of know what that's going to be like as you're moving into transition. You kind of have an idea of what that's going to look like. It's all the other things that you mentioned that people don't talk about. Okay, am I going to get extra money for housing? Am I going to pay for the gym? Air Force, particularly, the gyms are super nice. Um, Okay, so now I'm going to pay for that. And little things that I would ask about. And then if someone's not retiring, what about health care? What about your dental? What about if you're married and you have kids? So do you feel strongly that during their supervision, during their career or their whatever years they stayed in, that the people that did supervise them asked the same questions you did as you're pursuing the military life? Did they, did they sit down and say, what is it you're trying to obtain in the military as to are you planning to get out and then doing what? The short answer to that one is probably no. It's not really a knock on the people that are in the military that supervise people, though. I don't want to come across that way. It's mainly because that's not your focus when you're in the military. When you're a military supervisor, your job is to have the people that are working for you doing the job to the best of their ability. And part of that is making sure their personal side is taken care of. Okay. One of the things that all of our services do a poor job of, in my opinion, is thinking about life after the military. But if you compare that with pretty much any other career that you have in the world, none of those careers care about your career after that either. That's correct. So we sometimes fault the services and say they don't help their members with transition. Well, when you were transitioning out of the hotel business, the hotel business didn't care. No, I was ready to go. <laughs> okay. But the hotel business didn't do anything to no. help you transition to what you're doing. No, okay. So it is a little bit undue criticism of the services to say that they're responsible for helping members transition. That's why I said they do an adequate job. Because if you really wanted to break it down, they wouldn't have to do anything. Right. So when you got out, how did you determine what you were going to do your next career? I was wide open. I was set the parameters based on what I wanted my life to be like more so than I did have an amount of money that I needed to make. I had an amount of money that I want to make, but it was more about work-life balance. I have two teenagers coming up on the end of high school. My, they've been with us. My wife's been married to me since I came in the Air Force. Well, a few months after she followed me all over the country. And it was about work-life balance. Where are we going to live? What am I going to do where I can maintain work-life balance? And then what career fields match that? I did not want to work 7.30 to 4.30 or 7.30 to 5.30. I didn't want to work midnight to 8 a.m. I'd done my share of those. So that kind of led me into certain areas. I looked at a ton of things, um, looked at a lot of jobs. My education background opened a lot of doors for me. I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree. And then ended up with First Command, which we'll talk about a little more in a few minutes, mainly based on the mission and vision of that company. 
and then a lot of things that have to do with work schedule and and how how much control I have. Did were you last stationed in Florida? No, I retired out of Lackland Air Force Base, where every Air Force person that's enlisted goes uh, for basic training. I retired out of there, and little personal story. Once my wife and I decided to make a career of the Air Force, which was in 2006, was when we decided we were going to do it at least 20. Once we decided that, we made a deal that wherever we were, she would get to decide where we retired. So as long as it was warm and there were jobs. Now, is her family from Florida? Nope. We have a few friends and some distant family that live down here, but this is where she wanted to live. Was for sure going to be Florida, and then we kind of Maybe Tampa, maybe right on the Space Coast. Uh, For those of you listening elsewhere, Space Coast would be south of Daytona, Patrick Air Force Base area. And settled on Orlando, which was a wonderful choice. Love living here. So when you moved to Orlando really quick, when you you scouted the area before you retired out of the military, you came out here and looked for a house and all that stuff like you would in the military? No. I knew about the area from the close friends that we have here, and I already knew about the job market when we decided that we were coming here. And we'll talk a little bit about some military transition stuff, but basically we knew Orlando. Now, we didn't know exactly where. That was our where in Orlando was based on schools. I have two high schoolers. So that drove the where am I going to live when I move? And then when we transitioned, we did do a thing that sometimes military families do. I came out six months ahead. Um, I was already done working, already about to retire. I came out and I lived here for six months because my boys finished their school year in Texas. Okay, great. Well, I know we got time coming down. We're getting ready to break. Is Tim, Tim Proctor still in the house? Is this what you oh, get to? I, I is this just, what you get to do every segment? Man, this every, is awesome. Hey, this is all I do is just <laughs> sit down, let you do all the talking. So uh, it's it's quite comical because Tim's the straight guy. Yeah, right. Yep. Tim's the comical guy. Take nah, it out. Take that, it out. That, that's fantastic. I like that. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking to hear some more about some other stuff that you transitioned with, but we'll be right back. Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. First Command was founded over 60 years ago with a simple goal, to improve the financial well-being of those who served and their families, as well as giving them peace of mind that comes from being prepared and the confidence that comes from financial stability and success. 21-year Air Force veteran First Command Advisor Jared Council is committed to coaching clients to pursue their financial goals and lifetime dreams. You can contact Jared today at firstcommand.com by email at jscouncil at firstcommand.com or by calling 407-985-5637. All right, we are back for the second half of the Check Your Six podcast, episode 15. I think this one is Preparing for the Future with Mr. Jared Council for the right person for the right job. The right person for the right job. And we're gonna go back to the future. You probably you remember that? Back to the future. I live that every day in my life. Back I try to the I future. wish I could go back to the future, what I know now. <laughs> Dr. Emmett Brown. Right. Anyways, so we didn't give you a chance to give your information beforehand. So we're again with Jared Council. How do people get a hold of you and what's the best way for people to contact you? The easiest way is www.firstcommand.com. Wherever you are in the world, you can do that. You can find an advisor. You can 
put your information in. If you're searching for me, and I'll be more than happy to email or call or text with you, J-A-R-R-O-D-C-O-U-N-C-I-L. You just punch me in with First Command into Google or into Facebook, and you'll find all of my information. Excellent. All right, Craig, this is you. I'm going to sit back and have some coffee and do some I'm going to play a game. No, on my no, this computer. is all Jared. I, I, I'm going to get right into it. I, I, he's got so much great knowledge to offer. And I want to get into it because I want to ask you right now, what made you join or get into a different career? As I was transitioning from the military, I wanted a new challenge. I had been an air traffic controller for most of that, multiple facilities. I don't know off the top of my head, 11 or 12 different facilities lived all over the world worked in senior management. We talked about the number of people in the first half, direct supervise, and so on and so forth. I wanted a completely new challenge, either tied to my education. Originally, I was going to teach either high school or college, maybe coach a little bit. I had gone to college for that years ago. What the Department of Defense does is for all the services, when you do the transition assistance program, which is required, it's called commonly called TAP, When you do that, one of the things that you can do in the last six months of your military career, whether you're retiring or separating, is the career skills program. The career skills program, depending on your location and your kind of your job background, will align you with a particular job skill or a company, and you can work during your last six months that you're in the military. It requires commander's approval. You can go to your transition office and get the information. How it ties to me. Within the Career Skills Program, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce hosts a program called Hiring Our Heroes. Hiring Our Heroes is actually an internship. It is a 12-week internship, and it falls under the Career Skills Program umbrella. Well, as I was transitioning from the Air Force, I came back from a deployment. I was in Jordan. I came back. I did not have enough time prior to my retirement to really go back into regular Air Force work. We had already worked a transition to my replacement. So I was a perfect candidate for the career skills program because I really didn't have a quote unquote Air Force job for my last six months or so. As I went into career skills program, found out about hiring our heroes. One of the prominent companies in hiring our heroes is First Command Financial Services. So what is First Command? Well, First Command is full-service, comprehensive financial advising, and we focus our efforts for military individuals. Our mission is coaching those who serve in their pursuit of financial security. That's what we do. Who are the people that serve? Anyone that wears a uniform in the Department of Defense. Does not matter. Active duty, reserve, guard, uh, part-time, full-time. That's what we do. Now, we work with civilians also because we believe in the lifelong pursuit, okay? The pursuit of financial security is not a one-time thing. It's not one meeting, build a financial plan, and continue what you're doing. It is a lifelong pursuit. Your goals change. Your family situations change. Your job changes. Do you have kids? So on and so forth. Now, one of the ways that First Command does that and does it in a special way is we are the only finance company in the country that meets with the level of client that we meet with. And you say, what do you mean, Jared? Well, what I mean is we don't care how much someone makes to meet with us. As long as someone is an E5 or above or an O1 or above, we will meet with that individual 
regardless of married, regardless of any other situation, and we will charge absolutely no fee to do it. Why I ended up with First Command was I knew I wanted to continue to serve in some way, but I didn't want to keep being an air traffic controller, which I could have done. I wanted to do something to give back somewhat. Did not know what First Command was, had never even heard of them until the career skills program and hiring our heroes. And so now I'm super proud to be a part of the company. We are the largest financial services company for military families. And we are uniquely trained to operate in that spectrum and help military families understand their benefits. We've talked a lot about military transition. I think the thing that people misunderstand the most about military transition is exactly what benefits they have, particularly those who are married and have kids. If someone is married and has kids or married or has children, your military benefits package is dramatically different the day after you separate or retire, and then particularly 120 days after you separate and retire. If you wonder what the 120 days is, that's when your SGLI goes away. So your SGLI 120 days after you separate or retire from the military is going to go away. So if you're listening to this, you're a married, you're a married military couple. Your SGLI, you've got $400,000 of insurance on you as the military member, $100,000 on your spouse. 120 days after you separate or retire, that insurance is gone unless you do something to replace it. And that's one of the things we talk about. We talk about budgeting as you transition from the military. Insurance, what does your savings look like? What is your income going to go look like? What are your job goals? And remember, this is a lifelong pursuit. An overwhelming percentage of transitioning military people do not have the same job five years after they separate or retire because they don't really know what they want to do. Maybe they're like me. Well, I stumbled into something that I love doing. Maybe they don't know what they want to do. And so they get out, they grab a job, and then a year, 18 months, two years down the line, they may get the job they really wanted. Maybe they really wanted to be in hotel management, which is a hospitality management was a big deal in the career skills program also. Maybe they were like me and they were an air traffic controller and they wanted to work for the FAA. So as life situations change, financial plans change. I think if I was going to tell anybody anything, I see some misperceptions that have to do with financial advisors. There are common misperceptions. The first one is, is, well, I don't have any money. Okay, well, if you don't have any money, then I would say the first thing you want to do is probably meet with a financial advisor and figure out why you don't have any money particularly someone like me that works at First Command, I'm not going to charge you a fee to tell you why you don't have any money. That would kind of defeat the purpose. Other, other common ones is, you know what? I'm really good with my money. I'm fine. Okay, well, if it didn't cost you anything to get another look at that, why wouldn't you take advantage of it? A lot of it also has to do with age. Well, I'm 28 or 30 or 32. Retirement is 25, 30, 35 years away for me. I've got plenty of time. Well, if I could go back and find 28-year-old Jared and shake him a little bit, I would go back and say, you need to start now and pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah, what do you listen to you, though? So that's a very good question. I, so I, I don't know if my teenagers listen to me at all. When someone says, I don't know if I need a financial advisor, I would ask some simple questions. The first one I would ask, and either one of you guys can answer this, is do you brush your teeth every day? I take them out. Yeah, Craig takes this out, and yeah, yeah I actually brush do. Brush your teeth. Use, yeah. 
probably floss at least if you have something in your teeth or every once in a while oh, if yeah. you're a little more obsessive. Right? Just yeah. take them out. But every six months or a year, what do you also do with regard to your teeth? You go to the dentist. You and, go to the dentist, yeah. right? Whether you want to or not. Whether you want to or not. So you brush your teeth every day. You take care of your teeth. Your teeth aren't bothering you. You don't have anything wrong. Nothing is hurting. But what do you do? You still go to the dentist. Why do you still go to the dentist? Checkup. It's part, of, it's part of your dental plan. It's, Prevent, it's preventive free. maintenance. Preventive maintenance, right? Just like it's your car. part of it. He said a magic word. It's part of my dental plan. Well, if you go and you check on something every six months that you pay attention to multiple times a day, why wouldn't you also protect the one thing that is the most valuable to you, which is your ability to make money and how much you have? Another thing I tell people that come sit with me, I have... Friends of mine that are clients, I have young people that make really nice money that are clients of mine, and one of their reservations was, I don't want somebody all in my business when it comes to money. And I say this to every single person that I meet with. I absolutely do not care how you spend your money. I just want you to know where it's going. And that is the number one lesson of budgeting and finance is live within your means, avoid high interest rate debt understand where your money is going and then pay yourself first treat yourself like a biller we pay bills that we have to pay what do we pay we pay rent we pay car insurance we pay a mortgage if you happen to have one if you have a car payment you have to pay a water bill and a power bill unless you want to live in the dark ages and i would love to work with people we're all over the world look us up firstcommand.com you know, that's a great point because as small business individuals and some of the people listening to this might be thinking, how does this tie into a small business? You're talking about mostly personal finances. We talked about this with Joel last time, Joel Ferguson. You do want to pay yourself because you still want to have some kind of income coming in. It's really easy as a small business person to not pay yourself to make sure everybody else is taken care of. We're kind of in that boat here. I want to make sure that everybody else is taken care of but you still need at some point to pay yourself when you're doing that. I think Phil Zeman, even the, the, the banker, uh, what was his bank? It was Center... South State Bank. No, it's Center yeah. State slash South State Bank. He's the senior State vice bank. president, and, and he says, you know, if you're going to start a small business, look at your business plan, go to SCORE, they will talk to you, but make sure you do your homework first. Same thing as you're doing. Sit and talk to me. We are going to get you there, but don't think you're going to walk in and make a million dollars. Let's see what your plan has to offer. And, and I think that's what you're striving on. Everybody should have some kind of plan of action. Look what the world has become now. Look how many people are losing jobs. I don't care what kind of money you make, you can still obligate and put some money away paying yourself. Put that away and start building, and they need to see you. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot, and we've talked about this before. It does. You don't have to make a million dollars to make a bunch of money, but you just have to start early, and you have to be consistent with what you do. That's all it is. Uh, you can literally pull up your phone, go into Google, type compound interest and say, if I'm going to pay $100 a month and at times X amount, of, X amount of years, what does that equal? And you can take any amount of money and at even a pedestrian interest rate, your money, a pot of money, whatever it is, will usually double every eight or 10 years. So when you take a very small amount and commit to it, as it grows, it is going to grow. The adage you have to have money to make money is a little flawed. It's you have to commit money to make money. Is that one of the focuses when you sit down to somebody? How committed are you to doing what you need to do? 
Absolutely. It is part of our conversation. If I'm sitting across from you is, okay, are you willing to take these steps to achieve your financial success? I don't build a plan for me. I already have one. I build a plan for the individual or the family that's sitting there with me. Hey, what was that thing you were talking about last uh, last week about uh, compound interest? Somebody explain. Well, I wish they would. I wish they would teach this to middle schoolers. I almost said junior high schoolers, but that shows my age. Start with middle school. The difference between compound interest, interest you pay versus interest you earn. Show the kids the difference. And if you have a credit card and the interest is ungodly, which is probably going to be eighteen to twenty four percent, whatever it is. And the interest that you pay there and the interest you get on any type of investment, what that's going to do. People misunderstand the detriment of paying taxes on money that you keep. And this is the way that I do this. If we're all sitting around the table here and I tell you, I'm going to hand you $1,000, but you got to give me 100 of it back. Or I'm not going to hand you anything. You're going to pick the $1,000 or you better every single time. Yeah. That is paying taxes on money. The only people that have to pay taxes are people that are making money. So make money. What's the tip Crap. of the day? Tip of the day. Give I'm it gonna, to me. Okay. Ever heard of a guy you were talking about? You were bashing me because in the, in the pregame, in the pregame, oh, it sounds like sports, in the, in the episode beforehand where... What was I reading, right? You asked me, well, what do you read? Do you just watch TV all the time? And I gave you some of the books that I had read. Ever heard from of a guy named Napoleon Hill? Now, he was born in 1883, so that's pretty close to when you were born. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, he was my next-door neighbor, in fact. Yeah, okay. He wrote a book that you may or may not heard of, Think and Grow Rich. Have you heard of that? Have you read that one? No. no this, is not a, we're, this is not a Think and Grow Rich podcast. That's not what we're doing. But his quote is, don't wait. The time will never be just right. And we've talked about this before. Start where you stand and work whatever tools you may have at your command. Hey, first command. And uh, better tools will be found along as you go along the way. Again, I did not read. I have not read that book, Think and Grow Rich. But his premise is kind of the same as you are. Start. Don't just wait until the time is perfect. Well, I'm going to wait until I have, you know, $50,000 to do this. No, start now and do it and go forward. So you didn't know who Napoleon Hill was? Uh, You're, you did, are a reader. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he read my book? You have a book? No, I don't. But see, I just thought I'd throw that out there. So again, Jared, how do can people get a hold of you? You gave it to us the first half of the episode. Give it to us again. Firstcommand.com. If you go to firstcommand.com, there is a find an advisor or search bars. Or if you just want to Google me, J-A-R-R-O-D-C-O-U-N-C-I-L, like a government council. And you, my first command page will pop up and so on and so forth. I strongly urge people that are listening, if you have never met with a financial advisor, sit down with someone. It's not a harrowing experience. You will, you will feel better when you, leave, when you leave than when you show up. And I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on. This has been awesome. Man, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. I haven't done nothing. Oh, yes, you have. Stop. Good grief. I have a CPA. Oh, California picking apples. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks again for being here. We appreciate it. We're going to be back the next time. So if you get a chance, check out Jared, check out First Command, and learn what to do with your money. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. 
Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.